podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello there, my name is Miles Jupp, cricket fan, and together with my co-host Mark Wood, actual cricket man, we invite you to listen to Middle Please Umpire, a new cricket podcast containing the two of us banging on and sounding off together about cricket and quite possibly all manner of other things, while lifting the lid on Mark's life as an international cricketer. And as if that wasn't enough, we shall be welcoming some great guests along the way and chatting to them about life on and off the playing field as they spill the beans, drop some truth bombs and see if they can withstand the scrutiny of our brutal interrogations. Middle Please Umpire is available right now from all your favourite podcast providers. Welcome Monday, to the Manchester United of podcast. Yes, still they've talk- let me loose once again with hosting this week's podcast. I'm Chris Curley, and with me two guests you've heard many times before. He's always living the life of Riley, even in lockdown. It's Dan Riley. Hello, oh, Dan. Thank you, thank you. Wonderful, wonderful, uh, wonderful little entrance there. Thanks, Chris. That song, Life of Riley, which is very famous by the Lightning Seeds on Match the Day. Have you listened to that often? Do you, is that your theme tune for getting ready to go out? Have you made love to that song? <laughs> I can, I can, I can certainly say a no to all of those, uh, all of those questions. But yeah, it's a great, it's a great, uh, it's a great track, and obviously synonymous with uh, with many a uh, with many a great highlights uh, package of the United of the nineties. And joining us, um, of course, he's got so much in common with Cliff Richard, Jennifer Lawrence, and Moby Dick. Uh, yes, he's got two Christian names. It's Ben Paul. Ben, uh, welcome. Christian names for a Jew? What are you trying to say? Well, <laughs> that, that's how committed you are, as we all know. All right, all right. We killed Cre- We You think we killed your Lord, but, you know, get over it. I would have, I would have loved it if you'd said, um, always live in the life of Riley, Ben Paul. hopefully it'll it'll get better than that folks i'm really excited you can tell by my mood i think um i haven't been this excited on a monday morning since i probably got paired up with uh louise paul reno in the badminton mixed doubles uh and of course it's got a lot to do with uh beating liverpool yesterday dan i mean the world is just a just a happier place this morning isn't it i mean there's 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 nothing quite like it. And I found myself being very loud when that last goal went in yesterday. My, my Two of my children ran in scared, frightened. I think they thought I might have had some kind of heart attack. Um, but, you know, it was, just, uh, it was just a wonderful, wonderful day. I, I, I'm, I'm buzzing this morning. I, had a, I, was, I had a very sweaty and sweary experience watching the whole 90 minutes. Ben, what kind of emotions were you going through during the course of the match? You know what? First of all, Ollie sums it up. We played them on our terms. We all discussed beforehand the, the team sheets. We went out to attack. We went out to win. How refreshing was that? So from the off, I was excited to watch them. And I knew that when we went 1-0 down, I knew from current form, and because we'd set up to win, that we were going to get one back and another one back. I, 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 it was sweaty. It was, it was tense. But I had this confidence, a confidence that I hadn't had for a long time. And that was refreshing. And I watched it with my kids. One of my kids is four. The other one isn't even two. When that third goal went in, Dan, like you and your kids, my little boy who was two, he danced around the room. He had no idea what he was dancing around the room to. <laughs> 
but he knows how to he knows how to sing glory glory man united and him and my little four-year-old they sang we danced around the living room for probably half an hour singing glory glory man united wonderful stuff well i think that's a picture we can all have in our minds now next time united win a match that ben is dancing around with his toddler children singing United songs and hopefully not the abusive ones, Ben. I hope you're not teaching them bad words. No, the good good and the bad. No, no, you got you can't it's all fair and game with United. I, I did have to, just on that point, I did have to um, amend the lyrics of uh, the old UNITED when my, my when I taught it to one of my children, which was just um, why don't City just go home? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've done that. Why don't City Please um, return to the places of, of abode <laughs> and enjoy a nice cup of tea. <laughs> I thought yesterday the first goal was going to be vital in terms of how Liverpool have been. Their confidence was low after getting beaten by Burnley and whether we can, you know, capitalise on that by scoring first. But in fact, um, Liverpool did so. Salah got back on form. Were there concerns in those first 20 minutes of just how United were maybe causing their own problems, which led to that first goal? Ben, well, do you know what? Yes, there, there, were, there were a bit of there was a bit of anxiety in the first ten minutes, but as I said, I just felt we're on the crest of a wave. Um, they, we, I kind of, I just felt that we were always going to edge it. So that anxiety didn't last very long. There was an underlying confidence. I love that team he put out, with the maybe the exception of Van der Beek, who you know could could have performed better. Um, and, and putting Bruno back in. That's arguably my favourite team. So there was anxiety, but I wanted to see this lot go out and perform. And I kind of felt they could do it. Yeah, sure, Salah was back on form. He scored a brace. Could have had a hat-trick, to be honest. Um, but, God, their strength and depth is woeful. And let's not forget that. That Mel B lookalike, who was with the, with the bunchy hair, I've no, it, was, it was awful, right? Reese Williams... I'd, their strength in depth on a diversity training course. <laughs> <laughs> it's their hair. By next Monday, Dan Marcus Rashford, of course, was the threat throughout the whole match um, until he went off with a what is a worrying knee injury. We don't know anything about that yet. He's got eighty-two goals for Manchester United, same as Eric Cantona now, and probably treated Trent Alexander-Arnold like he was Boris Johnson yesterday, living in his pocket. Rashford was for me the man of the match. You, uh, yeah, I'd say I'd go along with that as as uh, probably closely followed by our, our new our new uh, best love, Luke Shaw, who um, was suddenly throwing in amazing corners, the like of which I'd never quite seen before. But i i took I took a, I took great uh, joy in Rashford's performance because a good friend of mine who supports Liverpool has been telling me that he doesn't think he's the real deal for a, a good number of years now and I keep telling him he is and uh, yesterday was a real it suck it to him but I think um, yeah down that left hand side he was amazing um, I, I thought that the, the, that front three just looks like Ben said I mean Ben said his favourite team I think I think it's probably my favourite front three I, I just think that on the other side you know Greenwood just it, he's such a great threat because it's the two-footedness you know, the fact that you just, defenders don't know where he's going to go. And I just think that's such a, uh, in, in a game where, in, a, in, a, in an age of football where players are, are usually quite sort of, I wouldn't say 
uniform, but they, they have a distinct role, you know, and uh, he just adds that little bit of um, uh, little bit of extra um, stuff there. But I just going back to Marcus, I mean, Rashford, 82 goals. That's, that's pretty good. How many, how many games is that in Chris? Is it, is it more than Eric's games? It probably I think, is. I think, it's, it? I, I think it's probably more than Eric's games. I haven't got the exact facts. I haven't yeah. done that much research amongst my team. Somebody will get sacked this morning. But is he, is he, I mean, in terms of his age, so he's, how old is Marcus? He's 22, 23 now, Marcus. So five years in the first team. I, I mean, suppose... he's on court. If he can play till he's 34 and not get injured, he could beat Rooney's record at 250 goals. He's on, he's on you know, he wow. could get close to that. I think he's only going to get better. What I love about him when he plays the left, which we don't see when he's played down the middle or on the right-hand side, is the variety in his, in his game. You know, he picked out a 50-yard cross-field pass for Greenwood to slot with his right foot. And no one's thought about his right foot because he's been very left-footed in the actual matches you see. He's very left-sided balanced. Then he finishes beautifully with his right. And then, of course, Marcus can dribble and skip past and get down the line. And he was cool with his finish. And for me, that was an all-round forward performance that we should get incredibly excited about. Mm. And how when he's on the left-hand side, the whole attack seems to work much better for me. I mean, agreed. He's having a scan today. So we worry he's not not going to be out for too long. Do do you think that maybe it's the time when... Is it the time in Rashford's career when almost like... It's like maybe he has to pick a side, as it were. You know, is he going to be... Is it better for him now to say, I am going to be a left-sided attacking player? You know, rather than... I think 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 he can play both. I think he is. He prefers it out on the left, and he definitely doesn't like it on the right. And the the the, the restrictions were that Pogba liked it playing out on the left, but Pogba had a brilliant game again yesterday, and it just shows that Rashford can play the left. Pogba can also play central and veer out to the left if he wants to. He can do whatever he wants. He he with a performance like that. So we can we can actually have Bruno and Pogba and Rashford all playing to their full capacity in those positions in the same team, which is something we didn't really think could happen. Um, and also, I just want to go back to Mason Greenwood. Yes, he's, a, he's, he's ambi, <laughs> biped, whatever the word is, he can play with two feet. He scored coolly and clinically with his right. He is arguably stronger on his left. I am now thankful that... The um, that Woodward fucked up with uh, with Sancho, because I don't think we would have allowed Greenwood to sort of progress the way he has. I think we should, you know, for me, Sancho. I, don't, I know you probably disagree, Chris. I don't, I'm not interested in Sancho anymore. I'm, you know, I'm a big Harland man myself, but I want to see the likes of Armadillo and Greenwood make that right hand side themselves their own. Um, I mean, Rashford on the left, I think he's decided he wants to play on the left. Well, because of the use of Martial and Cavani, Oli has to play him on the right. And Greenwood has been has dipped a little bit this year and not been as consistent. For me, I think we definitely still need a proper right winger. Um, I think that is Sancho. But, you know, it's been... Um, we'll, that as a debate will continue, hopefully, to have because of the success we're going to have. Um, a year ago, a man called Bruno Fernandes arrived on these shores. It has been the Chinese New Year. I call it the year of the Bruno. He's had more goal, 
Uh, uh, he's got more goals and assists than any other Premier League player. We're top of the league in terms of points. He is our Magnifico. And um, he got, came off the bench and scored a fantastic winner. Bruno Fernandes. Is there anything more to say about him, Dan? He's, he... Well, I mean, you know, in a time when everyone's talking about vaccines and, and cures, I mean, he really <laughs> was... He was the cure to our ills. Um, I mean, I said, if ever, you know, there's no doubt about it. His, his impact has been phenomenal because we were stumbling and bumbling about. He came in and he's just raised everyone's game. I mean, I know it's been, it's been said a lot, but he, he just continues to perform and his consistency is phenomenal. I mean, he's won, I think I read something like, He's won four player of the months and in the year he's been here. And I think some players haven't won that in their entire careers. And I mean, we're talking good players. So I think it shows in, in that year how, what his level's been at. Because you think of all the players that are in the Premier League and he's four out of the ten months that that award's been contested. You know, almost half of the times he's won that award. He's, I mean, he's such a, he's a player of substance, Ben. That's the thing I think about Bruno. Yes. Substance. Everything about him has purpose. We make sure the players know that they can't drop their level because of what he's doing. He's, um, he, he, he's, he's a man motivator. You see, he doesn't just play and lead by example the way he plays. He shouts, he tells them, he bosses everybody around. And he's an inspiration in that respect. Um, He's, he stayed on. He, it's well known that he stays on the training pitch longer than any other player. Him and Juan Mata were practicing free kicks for 45 minutes an hour the day before in training when everybody else had gone off to the showers. Um, that's why Oli was com- confident he was going to score. Sounds like uh, someone, someone, someone we used to know. Ronaldo and Brian Robson, Eric. There you go. Oh, Eric the thing Anthony. about Cantona was all the young players would see Eric come in early, do his own training stay longer, and then the lads would stay with him and practice their free kicks and their cross-field passes. And that's been, you know, a core ingredient into the, into the squad. And I think one of the great things yesterday, it, we're playing, having to leave, we could afford to leave Bruno out, but we had five youth team graduates in that starting 11, which is great testimony to the work of what they've done there. I'm glad and you've included Pogba them, in that. I'm well, glad you've included, because he was... Well, Pogba was. He's a homegrown, he's a homegrown yeah. player yeah. who then we spent 90 million on to bring back. <laughs> but aside from that, he scored a fantastic goal against Fulham, which we've kind of glossed over those three points, but it was an incredible match-winning uh, goal from him. And now there's talk of Pogba staying. He now, there are, I think there are financial reasons for that. I think there are, there are potentially, you know, the paydays in Spain are over. Barcelona are broke. You know, they're talking about getting free transfers. They're selling Messi. Real Madrid, the word is Zidane's tenure isn't going to last much longer. Zidane wants Pogba. Paris Saint-Germain in Liga, there's no TV deal, right? Um, They're worried about that. Obviously, Paris, and it's a bit of a farmer's league in lots of ways. Yes, he could go back to Juventus. But suddenly, does the idea of Pogba staying, seeing what's around him, become more of a thing he wants to do now. Is that possible, Dan? Um, I think I think that circumstances sometimes, you know, mould your 
decisions and inform your decisions. And as much as maybe Paul Pogba probably did dream of playing for Real Madrid, I think maybe he might be clever enough to realise that that could happen maybe in like three years' time. And that for now, the best thing for him <clears throat> is to stay at United. And, and I mean, it was always, I think, for Pogba, there was an element of, I think he felt let down by who else was around him, that there weren't enough other players. You know, he was the big player and it was like, where are the others? Where, where are the other ones that you're bringing in alongside me? Now Bruno's come in. It's like, well, hang on. I think I might like playing with this guy. So I think that's, that's, I think circumstances have molded that. And, and I can see him, I can see him signing another contract now. And Cavani, I think Cavani is another one with that pedigree and his world-class um, shithouseriness to win that free <laughs> yesterday. That was my... Um, uh, you made me piss myself on our thread yesterday. That, what did you say? World-class shithousery. It, it couldn't put it perfect. Could I, not put it better. I didn't think... Well, I, that I, mean, about I thought it was a foul. I thought it was a foul. I still, he's a beautiful... He's a beautiful man, Edison Cavani. And then if you saw the video he did for manunited.com where he's just saying hello to the fans and... But you look at him and you go, he's a beautiful man. He's got that wavy hair. He feels <laughs> like he could do Russell T. Davis drama as the ageing Uruguayan, kind of, you know, with, with the English boyfriend. What, he, the dies of AIDS? Thanks. I wasn't going to say that, Ben, but I'm just saying... Spoiler maybe, alert. Straight, straight. Another, another <laughs> diversity course for you there, Ben, I think. <laughs> Again, I mean, you're going to be there Monday for the next two Mondays. <laughs> um, the thing uh, about... Cavani all helps that Pogba... All helps that Pogba mentality. I mean, it's interesting. It's a financial thing I'm talking about in terms of Raiola's going to go, where's the money? And if it's not in Spain, if it's not in France, is there a football challenge for him in Italy? Is he leaving United at the right time? I mean, Gary Neville on Monday Night Football two weeks ago um, picked his player of the rest second half of the season to look out for and said Paul Pogba. And Carragher laughed at him. <coughs> But maybe maybe there's something to see in the next few months because if United are to win the title, Paul Pogba is going to be a big influence on that. That's the end of part one of Man United Redcast. Uh, we'll be back with plenty more to talk about in a few moments. If you want an e-bike that doesn't look like it's made for the shopping precinct, something that's less Mr Bean and more Steve McQueen, check out the range of bikes from London-based Cooler King. From dope 250-watt city bikes to Harley Bobber-inspired 750-watt beasts that can tear your face off while leaving your smile intact. Cooler Kings are made in limited numbers, yet highly affordable. Check them out now on the web at cooler.bike or find them on Instagram with hashtag CoolerKingBike. Cooler.bike. E-bikes that are cool AF. Welcome back to the Manchester United Redcast uh, with me, Chris Curley, and of course, Dan, the life of Riley. He's here with me and, of course, Ben Paul, who we've um, booked him in at Monday, uh, 10 minutes past 11, for his first diversity training course next week. Um, we've got to look ahead. We've had some breaking news 
uh, as well about Frank Lampard has been sacked by Chelsea today. Um, are we surprised by that, Dan? Uh, not with Chelsea. Um, it's, uh, I think it's, um, if, if the success doesn't happen swiftly um, and if they're not <clears throat> where they <clears throat> feel they should be, um, that they, they, they take action. And I think there's no, there's no surprise that Tuchel, the former PSG boss, is available. And again, sometimes circumstances dictate when these things happen. Tuchel's become available and they've decided that they're going to, you know, take that action now. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, I think the most disappointing thing for Frank is that now he's going to have to do the uh, homeschooling. <laughs> yes, yes, he is. And Christine can get more shifts on loose women. Absolutely. <laughs> he says, I can do Thursday mornings now, Ruth. Forget Ruth. <laughs> but then, you know, Chelsea have sat Lampard. It's kind of in the Russian gangster's... Uh, nature to do such thing. He likes change, does Abramovich. Uh, and they've still been successful. But that's testimony to Ollie and Frank were always compared as two legends owning the clubs. And United have stuck with Ollie, and that's paid off through tough times. And Chelsea, the first sign of trouble, have got rid of one of their greats and all-time leading goal scorers as manager. Yeah. Yeah. I think um, I'll probably... Uh, yeah, thanks for that hospital pass. What, what, what questions do you want me to answer? <laughs> I, I remember I was, I was guilty last year of, of comparing Ollie's, before, uh, Ollie's uh, results to, to, um, to Lampard's. But it shows the test of time and that, that Woodward's a genius for keeping him on. <laughs> well, that's the first time anybody said that. But <laughs> maybe um, let's talk about the Glazers a little bit. Uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the Glazers own them. Uh, they reached the Super Bowl last night. Uh, Tom Brady, all-time um, NFL quarterback. He's been in 10 Super Bowls now, which is unprecedented. Um, 18% of all Super Bowls Tom Brady has played in. And the Glazers forked out for him to, to come and join them this season. Uh, are the Glazers, do we think, now interested in winning again? Bearing in mind United are top <clears throat> and um, Tampa are, are back where, where they've been in the Super Bowl for the first time since 2003. Do you think there's a cultural shift at the Glazers we should be aware of? First of, first of all, I love, I love that. I, I never knew that information. Thank you very much, Chris. Um, I know that um, Arsene Wenger used to enjoy his holidays in Florida. He always used to say he was off to Tampa with the kids. But... Um, <laughs> Three weeks that, now. Be is, that, three. is that eight o'clock at the, on Monday morning then? <laughs> going to be there three weeks. But um, do you know how much more money do the Glazers have to fork out for us to be an incredible team? Because at the moment we are fulfilling a lot of, of a lot of our potential. We could be two world class signings away from being an absolute astonishing team. So it's not going to cost them that much money. What a couple of hundred million? What's that to the Glazers? Dan, are you going to be lured into thinking that the Glazers want to win I, again? I, I don't necessarily think um, think they. I think they are first. They're first of all business, and I think they understand that the um, there has to be a degree of success. I think they are aware that the sort of the it seems that the Premier League model now is such that you don't necessarily have to win the league um, every season, as as was kind of the the demands of. Um, of United before, I think um, I think it was, I was, I was 
I didn't know that they got Brady at the Buccaneers, and I and I think it's kind of it does say just to go slightly on a tangent. It says something about him as a player that he goes into a team that hadn't been near a Super Bowl in what twenty years, and they get into one. I mean, that might, he must be he I mean, must it's a be bit like bringing Ronaldo to Old yeah. Trafford or bringing a Messi to Old Trafford. It's like that investment has paid off. I mean, Joel Glazer spoke. At the end of the match uh, this morning, in the early hours of this morning, first time I'd heard him speak, and he was so excited. He showed more enthusiasm in 45 seconds of that speech than he has in 15 years of running Man United because he's ne- they've never communicated directly with the fans. I just think that's one to watch because in light of the Super League plan, which United have distanced themselves from this past week, where in the summer they were they were said to be one of the leading um, champions of the proposed Super League. There is something we should be keeping an eye on there about what the Glazers' intentions are and whether that's changed. And we'll find we'll find out probably a little bit more next summer. I don't think they have. I think still we're probably a cash point so they can pay Tom Brady's wages. And um, the NFL is still their number one uh, priority. Um, I want to have a bit of fun before we have to kind of finish tonight, uh, finish today. Um, I was thinking about players that you need to win leagues are the unsung heroes the utility players, if you like, that can play in multiple positions. And I thought we could try and decide who's been the best utility, who is the utility legend United have ever had. Right? So I've got a list. I've got John O'Shea. Yeah. Clayton Blackmore. Jisung Park. Phil Neville. And Ashley Young. Okay. Controversially. I'm going to go. I'm going to go for, um, I'm going to plump for... um, the big man, John O'Shea, purely because I, I interviewed him recently and he signed my United shirt, and also he nutmeg Figo. So the, the nutmeg in Figo is was an amazing moment. I was there that <laughs> night when that happened, and he was like, "He's nutmeg Figo." <laughs> we all went high pitch. Ben, who was your yeah. utility legend? Well, <clears throat> it has to be O'Shea as well, if only for that goal he scored against Liverpool. Oh yes. <laughs> Um, but O'Shea, yeah, he's he's a man of all seasons. Plays probably could could have played every position on the pitch. Um, there's a lot more you could add to that list, but you know, it's a fair list. Who have I missed out? Well, who who would we? John Gidman was John Gidman was a kind of a utility man. There are you. We've got young listeners here. Okay. <laughs> You know, I could, I could have gone way, way further back to um, Dennis Law even because of his right-wing midfield striker. I mean, Clayton Blackmore is a probably the first utility player I remember fondly. Old Sunbed. Yeah. The, passes to Mark Hughes. The greatest. Now that I'm on a roll. Mike, Mike Duxbury. Duxbury nearly made it, but I went with Blackmore because it was like same era. Yeah. You know the story about Blackmore? You know the story about Blackmore that... Um, ben, no, we got the time for your story because you might be in there a month. Every new player that came to United <laughs> made them sit alone in, a, in the dressing room on their own with the, with the, with the calendar of, of Sunbird, of, of Clayton Blackmore. <laughs> and uh, I, I was worried to continue the story. You should just say allegedly now. John O'Shea for me because he already played in goal. I think he's our utility legend. He played for goal in in... In uh, at Tottenham, Dan, you've got to slip off a little bit earlier. So we've got we've lost Dan, life of Riley. He's gone off to live that quite literally. Now um, it's just me and Ben. Ben, let's look forward to the rest of the uh, week that's ahead. Um, 
Sheffield United at home on Wednesday back in the Premier League. Very much looking forward to that one. Go. Oh, yeah. I mean, I was, I was looking at um, the form. I think probably we need, to, we need to build up our goal difference. And I'm, I'm hoping for a 3 0 possibly pushing at 4 0 um, A bit of rotation. I think he's probably going to bring Fred back in. He's probably going to bring it back in. Um, well, he, I'm hoping he'll rest Bruno and stick and give um, give Van der Beek a little bit more of a play, bit, bit more playing time, perhaps as part of that midfield duo. Um, but I think it's a good opportunity to to build our goal difference. I might be getting too cocky here. I think it is an opportunity. I think. <clears throat> I think it'd be interesting how much he does decide to um, change the team in light of Arsenal on Saturday night um, down at the Emirates. It will obviously be, you know, a, a trickier game, you would think, than than Sheffield United. I'm with you. I'd like to see a bit more of Ander Bate playing on Wednesday, get his confidence and rhythm. I think one of the problems against Liverpool was, you know, it was a big ask to expect him to play at his level when he hasn't played for a month. Exactly. And... And I think getting him into a rhythm so he can slot in uh, when needed um, would be good. I wouldn't be surprised if Juan Mata got a run out as well against Sheffield United. Yeah. Um, we'll have a lot of the ball. They'll defend quite deep. We might need his ability on the right-hand side um, to kind of break them down. And I would hope that uh, Martial might start up front and I would probably I might be tempted to save Cavani at his age for Saturday at Arsenal. Yeah. I would like to think... Um, that might be an option. Um, of course, Arsenal we would be a more difficult game, you would think. Um, but in light of Liverpool's poor form, uh, Jamie Vardy is out um, for Leicester for a few weeks. City have lost Kevin De Bruyne for what we think is between a month and six weeks. Aguero has got COVID at the moment. This really is a week when we've got to get six points to capitalise on any problems the other teams might have, don't you think? I do think that, Christopher, I do. And obviously there's a revenge part to play in the Arsenal game. They're one of the only teams to turn us over this season, and they shouldn't have done because we were a far better team. Um, Arsenal are getting better. There's rumours that they're bringing that Martin Odegaard uh, before the end of the transfer window, but it is a rumour. That's a done deal now. That's a done deal, Odegaard. Oh, is it? Is it? Well, I wonder if he'll get it. He, he probably wouldn't be able. They wouldn't wouldn't shove him in 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 our game, but maybe he'll come on as a substitute. He's a good player. He's just looking for a, a good, a decent home. Um, but they've they've picked up a lot of form recently. Um, a lot of that, like Maitland Niles and all those all those double barrel surname kids. They are um, they have picked up a lot of form. I, it's going to be a trickier one, and I agree with everything you say. We need to we need to keep. I mean keep revolving those, that, the team sheet. He's, he's done phenomenally well for, with that, with that Oli, um, which probably helps, which helps with the lack of injuries that we've had, uh, which you know, brings me to Liverpool's amazing situation. They, they coasted it last season because they barely had an injury. Now they get an injury. They think the first team to ever get an injury um, with vigils for Virgil, but it just shows how well Oli is managing that team. Um, resting them at the right time, bringing, um, you know, creating partnerships that you can bring in ready-made partnerships. Um, and that's something you have to really credit the man for. 
you know, Liverpool, um, Thiago, for example, hasn't won a club game. He's been, he started since yeah. um, Eat Out to Help Out. That is some some length of time now, it feels right now. I think, you know, I think you're right. It's it's like, I just think this is a massive time to capitalise. City looks strong, they look good. Um, But without De Bruyne in the past, they've struggled. And at least they had David Silva to capitalise before and Aguero. And Aguero's been not in the team most of the season. I think that's the interesting one for me because I think City are the challengers, if you can call them that, who have got the consistency, the form, the squad depth. But De Bruyne will be a massive De Bruyne will be a massive loss for the next month. And you know, if they take a draw somewhere or or lose a game, we can't slip up. It's the time to capitalise. Because <coughs> I'd rather us front run, be front runners and build build a lead coming into March and April. And then Ollie's got decisions to make about um, how he balances the squad with the Europa League a little bit. But so far, I think you can tell what he's doing, who he's going to rest, when he's going to rest them, you know, which games will suit certain players a bit more than others. How, um, and I think so far, you know, he, he's playing he's playing the perfect tune. How seriously do you want to take the Europa League in light of the successes that we could have? With- um, I think it's third on the list for me because our league form is so good. But I want to win a trophy. You know, I, I want to. I want to. I mean, Sociedad are playing really well in Spain and, and up there in the, in the top four, I think. Um, so Sociedad will be like a Champions League game, uh, and we. I think we've got a couple of tricky league games either side of that game. So um, for me, it's about the league is the priority. We've got we've got an opportunity. We've got an opportunity, and I didn't. I didn't really expect to feel this confident about having an opportunity to win the league this year but the way it's played out I mean this is as close as we're going to come for about eight years and I feel 36 again <laughs> yeah well I I didn't get I wasn't this confident two weeks ago and I'm not saying I'm confident now but as the weeks go by as we put in put in decent shifts like we did yesterday I, I am I, there is a quiet quiet confidence but better as I said earlier the enjoyment of watching United and seeing those a lot of the youngsters playing, you know, the academy graduates. Um, and yes, City are... Sorry? I was going to ask you for predictions for uh, Wednesday and Saturday. That's what we All normally right. do. Yeah, I'm thinking 3 or 4 nil against Sheffield United. Fuck it. I don't, I, I'm thinking we're going to go for it. Against Arsenal, I think we're going to beat them as well. I do. I think we're going to beat them 1-0 away from home. Um, and we're riding high. What do you think? I think we'll, a comfortable. I don't think they'll exert themselves too much against Sheffield United. I think they will. If they get two 0 up, they'll try and keep two 0 up. I'd like to see us kill them off, like you were saying. And then I really want to see um, Edison Cavani um, be marked by Rob Holding. And, <laughs> um, you know, I think Cavani's header was a work of beauty, uh, which hit the post. Oh, it was so good. It was technically oh. perfect. And I, I just think Cavani. I mean, we've had glimmers of what it can be like, but I really feel if they can just work out how to get the ball to him a bit quicker in the box, he's going to get 10 goals between now and the end of the season in the league, yeah. which which could win the league, which could win the league. So I think he's that he could have that much of a difference and a bit of a fear factor on the opposition. Um, ben, a pleasure, as always, talking to you. 
and about you. the glowing goal at Manchester United. Um, Dan, uh, we'll thank Dan. He's not here, but we can thank him anyway because that's the polite thing to do and we should all be kinder to one another. Um, this has been the Man United Redcast. Um, come on, you Reds. This is a playback media production. Get all the associated links for this podcast at unitedredcast.com. Sports Social Podcast Network.